Maraid didn't understand. Nancy's brow darkened when she thought of Maraid. She went over it all again. Maraid coming in on Wednesday and walking round restlessly. Nancy thought she was going to ask about the television again. They had a perfectly good black and white set. What on earth was the point of paying out a fortune renting a colour set? And even a video? But Maraid had wanted to talk about something much bigger. I've been thinking all week how to say this, Nancy, and I can't think of any proper way, so I'll just say it straight out. I want to share the flat with uh, someone else, and I'm going to have to ask you to leave. It was never permanent. It was just to see what we thought. But we've been sharing for three years, Nancy said. So why? Don't I pay the rent in time always, and the electricity, and I contribute to the food from home, and... Of course, Nancy, nobody's saying you don't. So, why? It's just... Oh, can't we do it nice and easily now, without quarrels and questions? Can't you just find another place? And we'll still meet now and then, go to the pictures. You come over here one evening and me go to your place. <laughs> come on, Nancy, that's the grown-up way to do things. Nancy had burned with rage. Maraid, who worked in a flower shop, telling her what was the grown-up way to do things. Maraid was busy looking at the calendar. Would we say just over a month, like the middle of October? That would surely give her time to find somewhere. Maybe Nancy could get a bed-sit. She didn't do much cooking or entertaining, so a bed-sit might be just as good. But they cost a fortune. Maraid had shrugged as if it didn't concern her. The following morning, Nancy was having her tea in the kitchen. She never bothered with a breakfast since there was always food at work. And what was the point of being a receptionist for all these doctors unless you got some perks? Maraid rushed in and Nancy asked her had she forgiven her. Forgive you, Nancy? What for? Well, I must have done something. Otherwise you wouldn't be asking me to leave our flat. It's my flat, and don't be such a clown. You came in here to share my rent, and now that bit's over, right? Yes, uh, that's all there is to it. She was gulping down a bowl of cornflakes and trying to pull on her boots at the same time. Maraid loved these boots. They horrified Nancy. They'd cost a week's salary for a pair of boots. What'll I tell them in Rastoon? Nancy asked solemnly. About what? Maraid had asked, bewildered. About us? Breaking up? Sure, who'd want to know? Who even knows we share a flat? Everyone. Your mother, my mother, your aunt, Mrs Casey. Everyone. What your mother? What'll she think? What'll I tell her? Maraid had lost her temper. My mother's a normal woman. She's like everyone else's mother, including yours. She doesn't think anything. She wants to know that I'm not pregnant and I'm not on drugs and I'm still going to Mass. In the name of God, that's all any mother wants to know, those same three things. People's mothers don't give two flying dams about their daughters sharing flats with people and whether they get on well or whether, as in our case, they drive each other up the wall. They just want to be told the essentials. We don't drive each other up the wall, Nancy had said quietly. No, well... 
irritate each other. Do I irritate you? Yes. How? Oh, Nancy, please, Mairead was stricken. We agreed to be grown up and not to have pointless rows and recriminations. Of course, people irritate each other. I probably drive you mad. Listen, I must go. Nancy had a terrible day. She'd looked at the prices of flats and bedsitters and they were sky high. The further out she went, they came down a bit, of course. But she had to be within cycling distance of her work. There was no way she was going to spend her hard-earned money on bus fares. She couldn't think why she was irritating. She didn't smoke. She never invited rowdy people in like Maraid often did. She didn't play records loud. She didn't have any records. Often she cut special offers out of the paper and collected vouchers for foods or detergents. How had she been so irritating? She looked up at the sound of voices. Dee Burke had arrived. She was carrying a canvas grip, which she threw up on the roof herself. Tom was laughing at her. You'll be a discus champion yet. No, it's to show you that women are genuinely liberated. Besides, there's nothing in it except a couple of pairs of knickers and some law books I'm meant to be studying. Nancy was amazed that Dee, who was Dr. Burke's daughter and lived in a big house covered with creeper, could talk about knickers to Tom Fitzgerald in such a relaxed way. It didn't even sound rude the way she said it. Nancy would have thought that this minibus would have been beneath the Burks. They were people of such standing in Rathdoon. They must find it strange that their daughter travelled with anyone and everyone. But Dee never seemed to notice. She was friendly with everyone. With that tinker, Kev Kennedy with desperate Mikey Burns and his dirty jokes. Dee was specially nice to Nancy. She came and sat beside her and asked, as she often did, about Nancy's work. It was quite extraordinary the way Dee remembered the names of the doctors Nancy worked for. She knew there was Mr. Barry and Mr. White and Mr. Charles. Even Nancy's mother wouldn't know that. But then Dee was nice and she had great breeding. Rupert Green arrived next. He was wearing a very smart jacket. Merciful God, Rupert, is that Italian? Is that the real thing? Dee asked, feeling the sleeve. Yes, it is, actually. Rupert's pale face flushed with pleasure. How did you know? Aren't I worn out looking at them in magazines? It's gorgeous. Yes, it's a discontinued line, but a friend got it for me anyway. Rupert was very pleased that it had caused such a stir. Rupert's father was the solicitor. And it was through Mr. Green Dee had got her apprenticeship in Dublin. Nancy looked at them enviously. It must be great to have such an easy way of going on. It was like a kind of shorthand in professional families, she noticed. They could all talk to each other at the drop of a hat. Rupert went to the back seat and, almost on cue, Judy Hickey arrived. Sun-tanned, even in winter, she looked healthy and strong, and as if she might be any age, but she must be in her late fifties, and she worked in some kind of mad place that sold herbal cures and grain and nuts, and she even grew some of the things herself, which was why she came home every weekend to harvest them and bring them back to this shop in Dublin. Judy went to sit beside Rupert, and Mikey Burns had begun to squeeze himself into the front seat. 
Laughing, he told them a joke about hairy tennis balls. Everyone smiled, and Mikey seemed to be able to settle down now that he'd told a dirty story. Kev sneaked into the bus, looking over his shoulder. Nancy thought she'd never seen anyone who looked so furtive, and if you spoke to Kev Kennedy, he jumped a foot in the air. And lastly, Celia came, big and sort of handsome in a way, though Nancy didn't admire those kind of looks. She often wore tight belts, as she wore them when she was nursing. She'd probably got used to them. They made her figure very obvious. Celia sat in beside Tom, the last person always sat beside the driver. It was only twenty to seven, and they set off with five minutes in hand. I have you very well trained, Tom laughed as he nosed the minibus out into the Friday evening traffic. Nancy told Dee all about Mr. Charles and Mr. White and Mr. Barry, and how they saw their private patients on certain days of the week, and how she kept their appointment books and shuffled people around, and how patients were often very grateful to her and gave her little presents at Christmas. Dee wanted to know whether she met them socially, and Nancy had laughed to think such a thing was possible. That was the joy of being a doctor's daughter. You didn't think class distinctions existed any more. No, of course she didn't get involved in their home lives. Dee fell asleep when Nancy was explaining about the switchboard. Nancy was a bit embarrassed at that. Maybe she'd been rabbiting on. Possibly she did irritate people by talking too much about little things. Sometimes her own mother got up and went to bed in the middle of one of their conversations. Maraid might be right. But no, that couldn't be. Dee had been positively pressing her for details of her working life. She'd ask question after...